The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, our last prospect pod of the season, at least the last regularly scheduled prospect pod of the season. Congrats on a great year, man. Thanks for all the great insight. I know you are continuing on once a week in the postseason, so that's that's exciting for the listeners of the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Well, once a week in the postseason and throughout the offseason. Yeah, yeah, so uh, got my first few guests lined up already. Going to have a a ton of great guests throughout the offseason, but um, I mean, this is going to be a fun final episode uh, for us because uh, we're we're really going to focus on the big names, um, basically kind of, you know, wrapping up, summarizing the top 50 of the top 400 for the final top 400 update of the season, which will be live on the site Friday. Live on the site this Friday. So this will be the last one before the uh, big like off-season yep. overhaul. Yeah, so awesome, man. Before we go on, I do just want to say, you know, not going to go into specifics, but we're thinking about our buddy Kevin O'Brien and his family. Um, I'm uh, thinking about him, man. He, I love that guy. So our colleague and uh, friend here, Kevin O'Brien, thinking about him. And uh, yeah, this will be the the last one. Who's your? Do you have your first guest that you can announce for the off season pod? Are you not prepared yet to uh, reveal that? Yeah, I can say the very first one is going to be Ian Kahn. We're, we're going to be talking about end-of-year dynasty rankings. And then the next week will be Chris Welsh. Uh, we'll be previewing the Arizona Fall League. And then, uh, I mean, those those are guys that are on, you know, we've had them on before. But um, excited to have some other guys on for the first time uh, later in the, later in the offseason. So, uh, those those first two episodes will be great, um, but uh, yeah, I hope to have a cool guest on every week. It'll be great. Yeah, I you know the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball podcast has been something we've usually done from January through the end of September, but I think it's great for the growth and the future of the pod that you are continuing on throughout the off season once a week. That's that's great. Thanks for taking that on and uh, furthering. The Rotowire podcast here. Well, James, let's start with the top 400 update. Again, going live to the site Friday, you said, sounds like there's just a, a huge gap between, well, the top two guys and the, the rest of the field. Yeah, so Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt are obviously one and two. Uh, doesn't really matter. I, I don't think which order you have those guys, but I – I prefer Rodriguez, but I mean, they're both total studs. Uh, but 
I really think there's, it just, it has to be said again and again and again that there is a gigantic gap between two and three, no matter who you think is three. I think to me, it's, it's between two guys who we'll talk about in a second, but, um, the, the number two prospect, whether you think that's Rodriguez or Bobby Witt, like they both have a chance to be no doubt top 10 dynasty players for, uh, the next like seven or eight years. Um, the guy, whoever you think is, is third, there's risk involved. Um, there, there are no just absolute, you know, slam dunk studs, um, after those top two. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have a chance to be really special. Uh, a lot of guys with high floors, um, a lot of guys with high ceilings, but it's, it's really those two guys who have the, the very high floor and the very high ceiling. And like a, a example of this is I was asked, um, I was actually asked on Twitter by the manager on either side of a potential trade. Um, at first one guy was like, would you trade Brennan Davis and Aaron Ashby for Julio Rodriguez? And then a day later, someone asked me if I would trade Julio Rodriguez for Brendan Davis and Aaron Ashby. And I think the reason why this trade was sort of considered, you know, what should we do it? Should we not do it? Is because I've Brendan Davis at number three. And I tweeted out earlier in the week or maybe a week ago that Aaron Ashby would, was my number one pitching prospect at the time. So in theory, like you would think that the best pitching prospect in the game and the number three prospect in the game for the number one prospect in the game might seem like a fair trade on paper. And to me, it's just, it's Julio Rodriguez, no question. You, t- you take Rodriguez over that, that duo uh, and you don't even really think about it because Rodriguez just has that chance to be um, that very real chance. Like, I mean, I think he's already probably a top 20 guy for dynasty, but I think like in a year from now, he could be an unquestioned top 10 guy for dynasty. And, you know, whoever you think is the third best prospect in the game, they, they obviously would have a chance to be a top 20, top 25 guy for dynasty. Um, Aaron Ashby, I think could be just a, a total stud if he stays healthy, but um, there's just a level of uncertainty after those top two guys and a level of ceiling with Rodriguez and Witt that is just, uh, I think it has to be stated again and again, just so that people don't make mistakes out there when they're, when they're doing trades. Since you mentioned Ashby, let me ask you on Twitter recently, you mentioned that Ashby had kind of leapt into that number one pitching prospect for dynasty leagues, uh, status. He, he kind of elevated there, but Shane Boz has been killing it. Has it been, has that flip flop for you? Do you still prefer Ashby? How do those two guys compare in your opinion? So on my, we, we can just jump to that topic right now, since that is on the outline a little further down. Um, I have, yeah, when I when I tweeted that, um, that was before Shane Boz made his big league debut. Um, right now, I'm going to have Boz at 14 and Ashby at 15. And Ashby is going to graduate from prospect status due to days on the active roster here in, in a few days. So Ashby will not be like I'll, I'll be removing him from the rankings when he does graduate. So. When the offseason gets here, or I should say when the playoffs start, it will be Boz just up by himself, and Ashby will be removed because he will have graduated. And I think it's it's relevant because I haven't had a pitching prospect inside my top 25 since Alec Manoa was there, and Manoa got as high as 14 before he graduated. And so Boz is... Inside the top 25, he's up at 14 where Manoa was. Ashby's up at 15. Um, so it's just kind of some perspective. Like these two, not only do they have massive ceilings as potential SP1s, uh, but they are in the majors. They're helping your fantasy teams right now. They are guys that you can draft in redraft leagues for next year with confidence. They're healthy. They're pitching very well. We don't have questions about their ability to succeed in the majors or anything like that. We don't have to worry about them, um, you know, 
opening the year at double A or triple A and potentially getting injured before reaching the majors. Uh, so that's, that's kind of what it takes to get up as high as they are, as high as Alec Manoa was several months ago. Um, Boz, I think is, uh, the fact that he's kind of fully stretched out and, and in the rotation is what gives him that edge to me. Um, Ashby, the Brewers are going to use him as a, a multi-inning weapon in the postseason, but not as a starter. And so they're kind of using him in, in that multi-inning role right now as a reliever. And then you have the question about, you know, is Ashby going to, um, are they going to go with a six man next year? Is someone going to have to get hurt for him to open in the rotation? Like, I don't think he's going to go, um, like, I think he's just too good to, to go to AAA. I think he's way better than Adrian Hauser, for instance. Um, I think he's honestly going to be considered better than Freddie Peralta in pretty short order. So I I'm not really worried about that if you're doing drafts for, for next year. But uh, with Boz, I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear just given the, you know, the Brewers actually have more starting pitching depth than the Rays heading into next year. So I think Boz is... Uh, even more sure to that spot, um, which is why he gets the slight edge, but it won't really matter in, in a few days because Ashby will graduate. I think we all knew Boz was pretty darn good, but he just comes up and is almost better than advertised. And I, it's kind of funny, you know, we talk a lot about how when a guy struggles, it's kind of like that new car off the lot thing. But when a guy has that initial success, everybody, you know, falls in love and, um, I think probably rightfully so, but maybe Shane Boz will be a little, a little pricey in redraft next year. I'm kind of excited to see. By the way, that reminds me, I'm excited to see everyone at first pitch in a few weeks. I guess that's, geez, that's uh, not this weekend, but then the weekend after maybe. I still have to book my flight. Basically, I was a late, late commitment. I want to thank Brent Hershey for finding a spot for me. I told him I was really leaning the other way for a long time, but then I thought, hell, I'm vaxxed. I've been sitting in my apartment for two years, so why don't I, you know, I owe it to myself to head down to Arizona and see some games. But, James, let's jump back up the prospect list a little ways. Brennan Davis versus Riley Green. I feel like I see something about these guys all the time on Twitter. A lot of hype. Obviously, you like them a lot, but um, – Splitting hairs here. Do you do you see a difference? Do you have a preference between those two, Brennan Davis versus Riley Green? Yeah, you know, I, I have the very very slightest of leans toward Brennan Davis. I just think he's got forty homer uh, upside, and Riley Green's maybe more like 30, 35 homer upside. Uh, Green maybe steals a handful more bases early, but I think. You know, when we, when these guys are 25, 26, it's really going to be all about the home runs, the runs, the RBI, the batting average. Um, I just I think it's worth comparing the two because they are so close for me. I, I think you can make a very solid case that Riley Green should be three and Davis should be four. But I do think there is a drop off after those two. Like there's no one else in discussion for three or four to me. It's. It's clearly Rodriguez versus Witt at one and two, and it's clearly Davis versus Green at three and four. And then there's some guys, you know, up for grabs for, for five, six, seven. But um, I do think Davis and Green have, have solidified themselves as top four prospects down the year. And Josh Young, we talked about him during the under-discussed AL prospects pod. And for a guy this highly touted, it is, does seem like he's kind of – uh, under the radar, I guess, because the team's so bad and they project to be bad for a while. But uh, do you think he's, well, I guess here in, in the outline, you say he's kind of in the same level as uh, as a prospect as guys like Spencer Torkelson and Adley Rutschman. You want to explain your, your thinking with that statement? Yeah, I just, I, I'm going to have it uh, Torkelson, Rutschman, Young, young uh, 567 on the next update. Uh, I think you, you obviously have Torkelson and Rutschman as former number one overall picks. There's a lot of hype and pedigree there, but, uh, and young doesn't necessarily have that. Um, but if you're just kind of projecting out what's the fantasy contribution going to look like, 
you know, we could look at the rest of my top 12 and every single guy on there has a chance to be a double digit steal guy, at least early in their career. These three did not Torkelson, Rutschman and young. I don't think, you know, if those guys do have a double digit steal season, it'll be like, you know, one of those like Anthony Rizzo random ones or something where he just, he's on base a ton and he's just really cheeky and he gets, get some steals um, when, when the pitcher's not paying attention, but like these are not fast players. They are, uh, although young, I, I think I have said is his body does look um, really, really, uh, you know, uh, proportioned. Um, I think it's going to age very well. I think he, he's going to move fairly well for his size, but with these three guys, we're talking about batting average, OBP power uh, hitting third or fourth in their lineup. And I think they're all extremely uh, similar in, in all those categories. Uh, I think Rutschman, with him being a catcher, obviously it's a, it's a scarcer position, but I also think it gives him more of an opportunity to break down or get injured or, or possibly have um, his offense impacted by the defensive toll of playing his position. But, yeah, I mean, I think most people, if I, if I said, like, like if I put up a Twitter poll and I said, who do you want in dynasty Spencer Torkelson, Adley Rutschman or Josh Young? I think Young would probably get like 4% of the vote. But to me, it's they're They're in the exact same tier. Those three guys. It's quite the endorsement from uh, the best prospect guy in the biz and James Anderson, by the way, James, you know, obviously Boz Ashby, those guys will be in, in the mix and redraft, but among the players we've talked about, aside from those two, do you see yourself drafting right now? It's hard to say, obviously, but main events, do you see yourself popping any of these guys late? Like, obviously, we're going to we expect pretty much everybody we've talked about, aside from Boz and Ashby, to spend at least a couple of weeks down in the minors. Um, you know, I... <sighs> So what what can you rephrase that? What, what like type of format were you talking about? That was a about? terrible question. Um, basically, just like in the main, would you draft any of these guys? Uh, no, late, I mean, I, I might take I might take like Wit. Um, okay. Yeah, I just I mean, got burned I, this year, and I I just don't know. If in the main, I could play the waiting game. The stash season, I don't know, man. It wasn't very. Fun. I think you need to reevaluate your whole approach to redraft prospect roster. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair i mean i really was only wit this year um i guess too and like stakely i had like manoa which worked out well i thought two, didn't, you have, didn't you have kalanick yeah i had kalanick in quite a few leagues i uh that was a miss let's just say by the way i was telling ariel cohen who was on the pod last week filling in for or no he was on mlb network radio filling in for zola like I'm done with stars and scrubs and auctions slash uh, salary cap draft leagues. You know, stars and scrubs is kind of a cop-out. It's worked. You can make it work, but it's kind of like punting a category. It's like, why do that to yourself? You're just putting yourself at a handicap almost and uh, kind of just as a way to, you know, I'll take these. I have my preferences at the end, but I kind of I don't need to be in on all the all the mid-tier players, but you really have to be in the bidding on every single player if you're really legit. And uh, you have to you have to split those hairs. And I think it just this year I kind of – I didn't want to split those hairs. I just wanted to pay up and then get my sleepers in the end. But it's hard to do even if you do hit on a bunch of sleepers. It's hard to, to make all those $1 players work out. Real quick, before we move on, let's pay some bills with a quick commercial break here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now we are back on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Clay Link here with James Anderson on the final Prospect Pod of 2021. Thank you all for being with us all season long. Thanks for thanks to Andrew Redding for curating the playlist. We'll be adding our final walk-up songs at the end of the show. James, you mentioned in our outline that Tristan Cases killed it in the Olympics. I'm kind of wondering, where do you uh, – do you know where to find Olympic stats? I didn't see it on their uh, baseball reference page. I didn't say he killed it in the re- – he didn't kill it in the Olympics. He's killed it after the Olympics. Oh, post-Olympics. I got you. I just was looking for Olympic stats the other day, and I was wondering why those aren't more freely available for the baseball run. Anyway, uh, post-Olympics for cases. What uh, What's he been doing since he uh, – since he returned from the Olympics, uh, more walks than strikeouts, um, eight home runs in 35 games, strikeout rates under 20%, hitting uh, close to 300 with like a 440 OBP. Uh, the big, the, like, I think the last time we talked about uh, cases was just the fact that his hard hit rate uh, on the site is pretty mediocre um, for a basically like a future cleanup hitter, uh, especially one in the upper levels. But he really started getting to that power much more uh, after that run in the Olympics. And so he's going to be up inside the the top 15 right ahead of Boz and Ashby. And, you know, I mean, again, like none of the guys we're talking about here is someone I'd recommend for a main event or any, any type of redraft league with seven man benches. Uh, with the possible exception of Bobby Witt. But, um, I mean, a lot of these guys will be up next year. Like, Casas will be up. Young will be up. Rutschman will be up. Torque will probably be up. Bradley Green will be up. Brennan Davis will be up. Julio Rodriguez will be up. Um, so, you know, these are not stash candidates in those types of leagues, but in, in draft champions, uh, draft and hold, 50-rounders, uh, all these guys have a little bit of merit. Now, a lot has gone right for the Giants this year, obviously, but Marco Luciano, since he got the bump up to high A, not doing too much. Now, it is only 36 games, so how much did that affect his stock, Marco Luciano? Well, you know, first of all, 
you know, I think a guy like Josh Young passed him on just merit of Young deserving to be higher. Uh, same with, you know, Noelvi Marte, Anthony Volpe, uh, Brain Rojo. Um, but then with guys like Casas and, and Boz and Ashby, and even his teammate Luis Matos, um, I think it was more of a case of him falling than them passing him. Like uh, they deserve to be up there, but you know, he, the strikeout issues have just been um, just a big issue with him at all of his recent levels above rookie ball. Uh, he he got the strikeout issues under control at low A, but you know, for, and he was yeah sure he was young for his for for the level at low A, but you know. Luis Matos is young for that level. Noel Marte is young for that level. Robert Hassel is young for that level. Uh, Tyler Soderstrom is young for that level. Like he's the one that has these strikeout issues of all those guys, um, at least to the point where there's a little bit of concern there. And unlike guys like Matos, uh, unlike guys like Volpe, Marte, Rocio, uh, Luciano is not going to be stealing bases. So you need him to be a guy that hits for a decent average for him to be more than a three category guy in Roto. And I just, I know there are going to be people that are coming for me on Twitter. Once these rankings go live, like how could you move Luciano that far down? I mean, how many guys have I ever had in the top 20 who had a 37% strikeout rate at any level? I mean, I think it's kind of a testament to Luciano's prodigious talent and abilities that he's, that he's still as high as he is. Uh, obviously I don't, I don't think like if he played, you know, hundred games back at high A next year, he's not going to strike out at a 37% clip, but, um, it, it is a big jump in competition to go from low A to high A, but you know, most guys who are true, like top 10 caliber prospects or even top 12, top 15 caliber prospects, they're going to handle that jump a little bit better than Luciano did. I mean, Noelvi Marte, obviously his production fell off a little bit, um, but he, you know, he hasn't had the the same level of struggles after that promotion. So uh, Luciano still has just a, a massive ceiling as a, as a power hitter. I mean, he's got uh, a ton of power uh, for, for a potential shortstop, but I do think there is the risk that he's a three category guy. So that's just, I kind of wanted to get out in front of that and, and explain the drop there. Interesting. He's a pretty big kid for 26-2, and success rates on the base is not all that great. Not that that's you know, going to doom his stolen base production, but probably best to uh, temper expectations in that department. Now, James, moving on, Dustin Harris. Are you ready to move him inside the top 25 and give him that vote of confidence? Yeah, yeah. Um you know, this is this is like you said. This is pre, uh, full off season deep dive. Like we're gonna, you know, the one that would go in the magazine, like the one that's probably gonna release be released in December. Uh, I'm not saying he's definitely gonna be top twenty five on that one, um, but he's gonna be top twenty five on this one. I, I think an interesting player to compare Harris to is Nick Gonzalez, who is. Uh, just uh, two months older than than Harris and has been at high A this whole time. Harris opened at low A and then got promoted to high A. I mean, I think those guys have been um, fairly similar from a production standpoint over the last you know six, seven weeks. Uh, although Harris has struck has struck out at a much lower clip. Um, I don't. Again, every time we talk about Dustin Harris, I want to preface it by saying this is not tied to his stolen base totals. Like I'm, I'm a big believer in the bat. Period. Like I know he's stolen a lot of bases in the minors this year. I don't really expect that to be a big part of his game in the majors. Um, you know, he, he's a good athlete for a potential first baseman for sure. So I mean, he could be a 12 steal guy, maybe maybe on a 15 steal guy. Uh, but this is really just all about the bat, all about the the hit tool and the power that he's still growing into. Um, just, you know, I bumped him from 
I think off of the list to inside the top 80 on that big update um, from over a month ago, I believe. And so that was like a big jump for him. Um, and he did not slow down. I've become kind of more comfortable with the idea of him as a, as a potential top 50, top, top 30, top 25 guy. And uh, like I, I have Dustin Harris in a lot of dynasty leagues. And I was asking myself the question, like, well, would I trade him for this guy? Would I trade him for that guy? Would I trade him for this guy? And like, yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, he he is a top 25 guy for me right now. And what about the Blue Jays, Jordan Groshans? Is he trending back up? Yeah, you know, I, I think so. Um, I mean, he, he was never trending down per se. Uh, he's kind of been in the... I want, I want to say he's been in like the 20 to 30 range um, all season. Maybe, I don't know if that's hundred percent accurate, but I, I think he's kind of been in the 20 to 30 range all season. Uh, but he, he really finished uh, the year on a strong note, which I think is encouraging, especially considering he, he hadn't really hit for the type of power Um that, that I kind of expected him to this year, but over his last uh, 11 games, he hit 405, uh, slugged 643, had a 11% strikeout rate, um, really finished the year on a high note. And I think if you compare him, like, you know, he was at double A all year, like a really aggressive assignment. If you compare other guys who are about his age and were at double A. Um, I mean, he really outperformed most of them. Um, Tristan Casas is, is probably a guy that, you know, you, you couldn't say that about um, with Groshans, um, Brian Rocio is another guy, but those guys are, are ranked higher than Groshans. But like a lot of the other guys, um, you know, his, his former org mate, Austin Martin's been at double A the whole year. I think Groshans has been better than Austin Martin. Um, you know, I think he just, he deserves to be kind of on the borderline of the top 20. I think this is a guy that you might want to target in trades during the off season because, you know, the power is in there. It just, it, it didn't show up necessarily the way that I expect it to eventually this year at double A, but I mean, I think he's only going to continue to trend up in that department going forward. And Hedbert Perez really mostly struggled at low A this year. Expected from you, does that really affect his stock much, or is that just par for the course here with Hedbert Perez? Yeah, you know, I can't remember where I said it, if it was on this pod or the Brewers pod I do with with Ryan Top, but uh, you could see this coming from a mile away, like when they did promote him from the ACL to low A, I mean, that was a aggressive promotion. I mean, I think you could say that he deserved it, but I also think that it was one of those where he'd gotten into some bad habits in terms of just being super aggressive at the plate that the Brewers probably wanted him to uh, kind of get a little bit of humble pie before the end of the season to kind of show him like, you know, this, you're going to have to maybe work on some things here um, to have success against more advanced pitching. Like he was just too talented to not have success in complex ball, but a uh, ton of strikeouts, barely any walks uh, relative to like a player at that level. And then that just got worse when he got the bump up to low A. So I just want to say, you know, look, like Hedbert Perez is not going to be in the top 30 on this update, but he's still in the top 40 and just don't, don't panic on him. Don't look at that low a run and be like, Oh crap. Like, is he not as good as we thought he was? Cause you should have expected this when he got that bump to low a, that that was not a, Oh, he's going to hit the ground running type of promotion. Like that was going to be what happened there. So I just wanted to touch on that quickly. We got to pause briefly to, uh, Throw to a word from our paid sponsors, but real quick, James, not a paid sponsor, but you know, during my road trip, we didn't talk about it last week, but uh, yeah, it didn't didn't stop at as many sandwich shops as I would have liked to. Had a couple good sandwiches, but I just want to say the best 
fast food, I guess you could label it sandwich in America. It's got to be Penn Station. Uh, again, not a paid sponsor of the show, but uh, if you've been turned off by their weird faces loaded advertising campaign, which is questionable, uh, I recommend putting that out of your mind and trying Penn Station. Get yourself a Dagwood, and uh, that's one of the best best sandwiches I've had in a while. But we will get to these paid words now. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, even more so making the right decision. We also appreciate great sandwiches here. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, Boosted parlays, over-unders, round-robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. And the summer is coming to an end, which means uh, less than a month until postseason baseball. There's no better place to be than vivid seats to watch your favorite team race towards the postseason. So grab your MLB tickets, maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to make, uh, designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game to see your favorite performer or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. And finally, the new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contests now being shark-free. Celebrate the beginning of football season in Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free. Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free uh, credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Live Finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. All right, James, as we continue on here, what are you thinking about uh, Boston's infield of the future? Is that going to be a topic that uh, comes up? With uh, people checking out your your update, you think people wondering what what that's going to look like? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's pretty impressive. Uh, I don't even think like we have to bring back in uh, cases for for this discussion. I mean, he's going to be up um, sometime next season, but uh, Nick Nick York is going to be inside my top twenty five. Uh, he's actually going to be just inside my top 20 and he's probably their second baseman of the future. Marcelo Meyer is their shortstop of the future and he's inside my top 40 and blaze Jordan, you know, who knows if he's first base DH, whatever, but he's inside my top 50 and all these guys are teenagers. They're all, uh, they all had really impressive, um, pro debuts and I mean it's it's probably one of the funnest combination of teenage infielders that I can remember in the minors. 
That's awesome. Now you noted to me earlier that yeah, seemingly every hitter has hit better at triple A than double A this year. You reading anything into that? Anything you want to note about hitters improving their numbers at triple A? Well, I just think everyone should be aware of this when um, like, for instance, like you should never look at any sort of projection system when it comes to um, evaluating a, a prospect for the coming season or whatever. But I just I don't think projection systems are going to have any way to to deal with this. And so, like, I think projection systems are going to be even more useless than they usually are when it comes to prospects. And uh, I think the big issue is the pitching is just tougher in many regards at double A than at triple A. Uh, you have guys with more electric stuff, I think, at double A uh, than at than at triple A right now. And um, I mean, it really is, it's remarkable just how, you know, usually like that double A to triple A isn't the biggest jump. Um, I mean, I think, Low A to high A and high A to double A are bigger jumps. Complex ball to low A is a, a big jump. But in the past, double A to triple A has been, it's been a, a noticeable jump. I mean, you know, guys, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be out of, you know, you, you would expect a guy to maybe see his numbers dip a little bit. I mean, looking at my top 100 or so hitters, the one guy that I just, I know uh, got worse after that promotion from a statistical standpoint was Julio Ramos, but uh, pretty much everyone else got better. And some of that is, you know, like, like Alec Thomas, you know, has been playing in a ton of hitter friendly parks and stuff like that. Um, and, and you get a lot of those at, at AAA, but it's just, you know, when you hear someone maybe doing analysis during the off season, if they say, man, and he got better after his promotion from double A to triple A. I mean, I think it's fair to say, well, yeah, so did every, every other hitter. Like it's just, it's something that we need to factor in with our uh, analysis of, of hitting prospects uh, this upcoming off season. Is double A stiffer competition? Like, are they facing tougher arms down there? I guess that, well, you, you just, you have a lot like of veterans you have a lot of just guys with mediocre stuff at triple a that are kind of like fringe 40 man guys. Um, you know, just, uh, more electric arms. I'd imagine at double a, right. Like there, there are more like true prospects at double a on the pitching side. There Mm -hmm. are guys who are going to pitch in the majors at triple a. And, you know, you'll, you'll have your guys like Alec Manoa, Shane Boz, uh, Aaron Ashby, like it's not like those guys didn't pitch at AAA, but they they were much more uh, the exception. Um, and I think like the ballparks have a part to play in it too. Uh, but it's just you know it's just something that everyone should be aware of when they're when they're kind of analyzing prospects heading into next year. Like just because a guy was better as a hitter at AAA than AA doesn't mean that they got better from a talent standpoint. Yeah, that's definitely good to, to point out. I'm nervous. I got to say about this CBA, I think it expires what December 1st. I don't know. Somebody who works full time in this industry, I am pretty nervous about it. I do think though that bargaining chip of the universal DH, I think if there is baseball that will, have, that card will have been played and we will have a DH again. Uh, again, my opinion, but if there is baseball next year, I'm hopeful. And uh, my current expectation is that there will be the DH. But you still look at some guys kind of in the middle of that top 100 and you see legitimate playing time concerns. Is that right? I mean, yeah, like 95% of the time when someone asks me, like, are you worried about this guy being blocked for X, Y, Z? I think people overthink that stuff way too much. Usually it works itself out. Uh, people especially overthink it when they're talking about, you know, a guy at low A or something, you know, like Marcelo Meyer is not blocked by Xander Bogarts, for instance. Um, but there are, there's kind of this collection of hitters who are all at double A or triple A where I think it's just, it's something to just kind of factor in, um, 
Vidal Bruhan, for instance, like his playing time situation in Tampa Bay, it's just it's pretty brutal. Um like he's really gonna have to hit uh to to kind of wrangle uh more than like a three or four day a week type of job there. Uh Tyler Freeman with Cleveland. Uh the fact that Brian Rocio well Freeman got hurt and then Brian Rocio went up to double A and raked and blew past Freeman on the org depth chart. They also have uh Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez. Um they they've got a, a handful of guys already at the big league level. Like I think I think Owen Miller is gonna hit eventually. Um you know, Jose Ramirez isn't going anywhere. I think Bobby Bradley's finishing the year really strong. Framiel Reyes is obviously that their DH. So, you know, Tyler Freeman, um, I, I still think he's he's probably their their second baseman of the future and Rocio's their shortstop of the future. But if Ahmed Rosario or Andres Jimenez or, or Owen Miller has a good year next year in the majors, then uh, that starts to look a little bit crowded. Um, and then you got uh, Jose Miranda with the Twins. You know, I think we we expect them to want to trade Josh Donaldson this offseason, but I think that's a lot easier said than done. And, you know, the Twins, they, they didn't go, you know, they didn't do everything they could to kind of clear a path for him, despite the fact that he did everything he could to, to force their hand this year. Uh, Nick Gordon has sort of emerged as a potential multi multi position uh, infielder. Um, they've got other guys kind of hanging around that that fit that mold. So Jose Miranda, like you know, I think he he probably finds a an everyday spot if he if he rakes, but he you know he might not have uh, the longest run at, at an audition if if he struggles initially. And then Miguel Vargas with the Dodgers. You know, he's had a, a monster statistical year. Uh, he's at double A right now. But the Dodgers, they're, they're always just bursting at the seams with options in the infield and guys that can play multiple positions, guys that can play a little bit outfield as well. And, you know, I, I think Vargas eventually gets a shot. But, the you know, the Dodgers and the Rays, the, those aren't the orgs you want to come up in if you're an infield prospect right now, like there just, there aren't a ton of openings. And um, I just think those are, those are four guys where I'm not dinging them a ton, you know, very minimally really um, just based on that, that aspect of things. But I thought it was just worth pointing out that, you know, if if Vidal Brujan was um, on the Tigers or, I mean, really, it's it's not even just like a Tigers or Royals type of thing with with Bruhan. It's like really twenty other teams. Like he would be well positioned to to play every day at some point next year, but it's just not the case with with Tampa Bay. Well, I'll say this: if Tampa Bay still has interest in a certain TJ Antone, <laughs> maybe we can make a swap. I mean, I wouldn't do it earlier this year for Willie Dom. <laughs> oh, you'll. I, you're willing to part with Anton now, eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, after a year recovery from TJ, they'll have a pretty good reliever on their hand, <laughs> and uh, we'll have Bruhan. That'd be a, that'd be a pretty fair swap, I think. Again, I wouldn't do it earlier this year for Willie Adamas, but now that he's out for, with Tommy John, I'll I'll be willing to part with Tej. Um, uh, James, I, I think this is just a great time for baseball. In general because of well assuming the cba gets ironed out just because there's so much talent in the game and i mean it's just a a boom period on the field in my opinion but with the talent and it sounds like at least in the minors at the very top the uh the the pool is as rich with high-end talent as maybe ever yeah i was really struck by that when i was uh, working on this update i mean by the time you get to like, you know, the hundredth rank prospect, it's kind of about normal. Like that, that's, that's what you would kind of expect to see there any given year. But the caliber of guys 
like the caliber of guys from like 25 to 50 from from 50 to 75 just absolutely um loaded with talent and like you know i mean i don't do i'm gonna have four pitching prospects inside my top 50 on this update and just the amount of really really high-end hitters that I had to leave outside my top 30 or leave outside my top 40 or leave outside my top 50. It's just really, really crazy. Um, you know, like I, like John Kenzie Noel with Cleveland, like I, I can't find a spot for him in the top 50. I, I mean, I think he obviously has a case, but I, I couldn't find a spot for him. Christian Hernandez with the Cubs who, um, you know, it's looking like at least the early returns, I, I should have had him number one ahead of Wilman Diaz uh, for this past J2 class. Christian Hernandez is, is really impressed in the DSL, and, and he looks the part of a, a future top 10 prospect. I couldn't find a spot for him inside the top 50. Um, and it's just, you know, on, on down the line we go. Um, you know, like the fact that a guy like Curtis Mead or Michael Bush is just barely inside the top 80 like those guys have had seasons that I think in past years, like they would have been in the mix to be top 50 guys heading into the off season and they just aren't. So uh, it's just really loaded right now. Uh, I hope everyone was able to cobble together a, a stacked farm system this year. There were just a ton of pop-up guys, a ton of breakouts. So uh, hopefully your, your minor league systems are, are flush with talent right now, but um, it's going to be a lot of fun putting the finishing touches on this update and, like I said, it should be should be up sometime Friday. It's a great time to be a fan of baseball. The product on the field is, you know, I know there's a ton of strikeouts and it's kind of that three true outcome era, but I, I still love the game. And I really can't remember a time in my life where there was more talent, baseball talent in the majors and more on the way. I think the postseason is going to be great as well. Let's just hope Major League Baseball and the Players Association don't get in their own way. Uh, this winter. James, thanks for all the insight this year. Thanks for putting up with me, man. Uh, by the way, before we get to our walk-up song, there's a little bit of uh, hip-hop trivia that I just learned. I just wanted to run it by you. I figure you probably already know this, but did you know, James, that Jay-Z actually wrote both Dre and Snoop's verses in Still DRE? It just kind of turned my whole world upside down. <laughs> I did not know that actually. Yeah, Jay Z wrote both of those, so that whole like East Coast West Coast thing was just a mirage, you know. <laughs> Behind the scenes, it was just they're working together. I thought Jay Z didn't even write. Well, I thought he just, used thought to. He just kept it all up in his head. Uh, that, that's the Lil Wayne approach, but apparently, uh, Jay apparently he keeps really tight-lipped about his ghost writing, but apparently he just recently. Revealed that and talked about that, I think, on like LeBron's HBO show or something, but uh, I couldn't believe that. I just thought that was amazing. Kind of really uh, shook up my whole view of that song. Anything else prospect related on your mind? Yes, no, nah, man. We'll look forward to your off season shows. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely be listening along. What you got for your final walk up track of the year? By the way, uh, too, I, I just gotta say. It's dawning on me that I can't, I won't be able to give my review of the Many Saints of Newark on this show. Oh, no. Because, uh, well, <laughs> you, maybe you'll have to. Everybody's bummed about that. <laughs> maybe you can do it in like a big Twitter thread or something. <laughs> I know. Everybody's just clamoring for my two cents on that. But I cut you off. I'm sorry. What? Uh, what's your final walk up track? Uh,. Arguably the best hip hop song of all time, Halftime by Nas. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. Well, that's a good way to put your bow on, on the playlist. I've been listening to a lot of the playlists, and you know what dawned on me was that the one thing that was missing, in my opinion, was a little something for the ladies, James. Um, or at least a female presence. Uh, I know you had. I guess you had a Janet Jackson song, but I just I hadn't shown enough love to the ladies, so I'm actually going to pick a Missy Elliott song. 
It might be a shocker to those who know me. I was never the biggest Missy guy, but I've been coming around. The song I'm going to choose is You Can't Resist, featuring Juvenile and BG. Of course, had to get little hot boys on this track. But this is an underrated song. Great Timbaland beat. I was never all about Timbaland, but this is a great one. And the way BG comes onto this song is just an all-timer. I mean, BG's entrance into this song is just Hall of Fame stuff. And, uh, yeah, free BG. He's been locked up long enough on that weapons charge, in my opinion. So how about we? how about we... Pardon him, Joe Biden, if you're listening. Well, I'm James, glad you, I'm glad you put I'm glad you put uh, Missy on there. I think uh, I think I got her in the um, uh, the hip hop draft we did, but um, yeah, that was a good pick. That was a sneaky one. I, I just kind of like E40. I just didn't appreciate Missy back in the day. <laughs> not bad. Nice. I know you still have not come around to 40, but. Um, yeah, You Can't Resist by Missy Elliott featuring Juvenile and BG will be my final track. Um, look forward again to listening to your postseason show, James. Anything else you want to mention? Uh, no. Nope, this was a lot of fun, man. Um, yeah. Congrats I mean, on sure a great we'll, season. Yeah, we'll, we'll be doing some stuff. I don't know if we'll do any pods during the offseason, but uh, maybe we will. And um, Excited to have dinner with you in a in a week or so, and yeah, um, going to a fine Italian establishment. Maybe I'll give you my review of Mini Sids of Newark there. Okay, you'll be on, you'll be on pins and needles. And we'll <laughs> you know. My wife, my wife, and I'll just sit there while you give us a <laughs> half hour long review of the movie. As I eat like spaghetti <laughs> and tell you all about it. Well, that'll be great. Uh, thanks again for all the insight, James. And we'll look forward to your top 400 update on Friday. And we'll hope you'll join us in the offseason and next year on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.